Hey everyone, my name is Ryan Diaz and welcome back to the Know-It-Alls podcast. Today we're continuing part two of our series on heaven and hell where we're going to be exploring the biblical theme of divine justice. It's a theme that's maybe hard to wrap our head around at times, but we're excited to dive in. Let's tune in. Hey everyone, uh, welcome back to the Know-It-Alls podcast. Uh, I'm super excited to talk about divine justice. Uh, and We're even going to get into hell, which is a weird way to start off. But Ryan, what do you think about the topic? Wait, we just are going to hell, basically. <laughs> well, today we're going to hell. Um, take you on this grand tour. Um, yeah. No, wow. Yeah, I feel great. That's a great way to start. Um, so, we apologize. Usually these episodes come out at 8 o'clock on Saturday mornings. Obviously, we're recording this at 9.29 on a Saturday, so we're a little bit behind in our schedule. But it's all good. Um, we're just happy to be continuing having this important conversation about the biblical vision of heaven and hell. I think last week we established. Um, in our country, we have so, in American cultural Christianity, we have a lot of imaginations built up around these themes and I think it was refreshing last episode to kind of unpack what the Bible had to say so last week brief recap if someone's just stumbling upon this episode what did we cover about heaven and hell absolutely um so we spoke mainly about heaven uh last episode where um it wasn't the Beverly Hills in the sky that we uh all, thought all, it was. Yeah, yeah, all thought it was and, and even going to um, to that disembodied uh place uh isn't the point of the Bible. It's right. not the the end goal. Uh in fact resurrection in a new body is the end goal. Right. Uh and all we really know about this uh intermediate space is that we will be with Christ if you are a follower of Jesus. Right, and if you're not a follower of Jesus, the Bible lets us know that there's the grave. Right. And, um, yeah, yeah I, I think I think unpacking that reality um, kind of gives us a, a biblical vision of what the Bible is actually saying. That the whole goal of the Bible is not to in, exist in some spiritual disembodied state, but no. the goal of the Bible is resurrection, but there is life after death. Right. And there is life after death. Life after life after death. Right. Life after life after death. Um, Because the promise of the Bible is resurrection. And for followers of Jesus, it's a joyous occasion Mm -hmm. where we get to live in embodied states um, and experience heaven and earth reunited, new heaven, new earth reunited. The Bible gives this picture of this beautiful city, um, the city of God, just people living, working, um, enjoying the presence of God. And then, um, for those who don't follow Jesus, the Bible calls the second death, which is hell, right. um, a t- which we're going get, to get, kind of get into today, because I think the idea of hell, but not just the idea of hell, I think the theme of divine justice is a huge portion of the Bible, Yeah, and I think it's a portion of the Bible, as modern 21st century Westerners, we are inherently uncomfortable with. Yes. Um, Why? Well, I remember growing up um, and hearing uh, about hell, um, and it was terrifying. Um, at first, uh, I would read uh, the book of Revelation because I thought it was scary, right? Yeah. Like, 
um, God's final judgment was, was a terrifying occasion. Um, and as I grew up, it was, I think it's, I still had fear of it and I even think I still would. Um, but instead of fear, it became in a discomfort with just the idea. Right. Um, and I think that where a lot of that discomfort comes from is that, um, God is pictured as this loving, uh, being who loves everyone and all people. So yeah. how, if he is loving, could he send people to a place called hell? Now, I think that my ina- imagination of what hell was was also a little bit, uh, a little off. Right, and even the idea of God sending right. people to hell. Sure. Um, yeah, because, again, I think I, I, I kind of experienced the same thing. I think maybe a lot of our listeners experience this... this this tension, yeah. um, because you, like you read about Jesus, and like you read how loving and caring and kind he is, and right. but then you like go to the Old Testament, right. and the same God who is Jesus according right. to the Bible, orders the death of an entire people group. Right. So you're right. It's that tension between, like, why does God, if he's loving, why? If he's loving, why do people go to hell? If he's loving, why in the Old Testament was God straight up ordering the Israelites to defeat and slaughter? Yeah, a bunch of whole people group. Like yeah. children, animals, right. everybody, everybody. Right. Burn yeah. all their stuff down. Right. Um, so I think... That's again, hard for us, I think. Yeah, we come to this... Yeah, you're right. We come to this this place where it's like, okay, so God, who who then are you and what is going to happen to us? Uh, right. According to your, to your word. Um, so now I think we have to, to actually look at what the Bible says, first of all, about what hell is, right? What, what is it? Yeah. So I think hell is the culmination of God's justice. Yes. And I, because I think we, well, we have to start looking at justice, God's divine justice, that if God is loving then God has to at some point deal with evil. Yeah. Now, in his love and in his justice and his mercy, he deals with evil with Jesus on the cross. Yes. God pours out his justice and his wrath mm-hmm. on Jesus. And through Jesus, now we have this way to reconcile with God. Right. But ultimately, evil still has to be answered for. Right. Um, and for those who don't choose Jesus and will continue hmm. rejecting the good news of Jesus and continuing to operate in injustice and evil and oppression, that God has to call that to answer at some point. And so hell is this culmination of God calling evil to answer. Right. I think that, uh, you know, kind of backing up a little bit uh, with the reason why we're, why we're uncomfortable with this. Um, because even even everything that you just said, like my inner self's like, ooh, that sounds <clears throat> yeah. like a lot. Um, I think a lot of the reason why we're uncomfortable um, is is because like, why can't God just give everyone forgive? a Paul pass? Right. Well, why can't he forgive? Right. Like, because that's what he asks us to do. Right. Or that's even what what he claims to do in Jesus. Right. He forgives us. Why for can't sin. God just like give everyone a free pass? Yeah. Like I, I like, see so what loving. you did. Right. I see what you did. Um, but I forgive you and like move forward. Well, because that's not just. God isn't just if he does that. So let's, let's, let's maybe bring it out of the ethereal plane. Sure. Of like, 
thought experiment. Let's bring it to, to reality. When someone commits a crime, so let's mm-hmm. say you rob your neighbor. You you right. steal their favorite cat. Random well, I'm doing them a favor. You're I'm doing them a favor, a but, but still, yeah. let's say they <laughs> love that cat. That cat was theirs. It's their yeah. property. You steal that. You get caught. Yeah. You get brought to a courtroom. Yeah. If the judge just lets you go. Yeah. What would we say that justice wasn't served because yeah. you have you have to answer for your actions? Right. Now, let's take that stuff further because we live in a society where we want justice a lot. What we get upset, right, when this yeah. happens, when when a person of color is assaulted or killed by a, a police officer and the police officer doesn't get charged with anything right. and they get off scot free right, right? What, what's our outcry that was that's injustice right. that's that's wrong he there has to be a penalty for that action i think what right. the bible's setting us up for is listen god in order for god to be loving and just he has to deal with evil. Right. He dealt with evil on the cross through Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so by accepting Jesus, you're forgiven of your sin. Jesus right. Jesus steps into the courtroom. He takes your place and says, I'll take the punishment. Right. But if you refuse right. to accept that gift of salvation, you, you refuse to follow Jesus, then God has to honor the dignity of your choice. Right. But ultimately, he, because he is just, he has to call you to responsibility for right. your actions. I think I think what we have is uh, a couple of things. One is, um, if you look into the world, you know that justice is necessary. Right. Um, most of us who are probably listening to uh, to this um, were born in what the twentieth century, right? Is when we were born. Twentieth. Yeah. Right. Well, so we were born in the twentieth century. Right. Which if you're was, a millennial. Yeah. Right. If you're a millennial. Grew right. up in the twenty-first. Really. Right. Grew up in the twenty-first. Born in the twentieth. The 20th century is still known as the bloodiest century in all of human history. Right. Right. Um, I mean, we can list the conflicts. First Persian Gulf War. Right. Um, the World War II. Ma- massacres in Rwanda. Right. Um, list goes on. Vietnam. Right. Holocaust. Um, yeah. It goes on. Yeah, list goes on, right? Um, someone needs to answer for all of that. Right, right, because that's unjust if, so it's why even after, it's why they continued to hunt down Nazis 30, 40 years after World War II. Someone needs to answer. Because they needed to answer for for this. Mm. You know what, justice needed to happen. And we know, we know that something intrinsically right. Right. But we're uncomfortable with God doing it for some reason. Well, I'll I'll take it a step further. I think that we separate the concepts of justice and love. That we think that they're at odds are two different things. Um, Which, biblically speaking, we can't actually say is is true. Right. Right. Like you can't you can't have justice or without love. Yeah, and you you can't can't have have love love without without justice. justice. And the reason is like. In order for God to even be good, he has to be just. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, so, like, for example, you, you have a wife, right? Yeah, I do. You do. Um, if someone hit your wife, do you love your wife if you're just like, but honey, it's fine. Like, you just Just got, forgive them. No, it's cool. snuff them. Exactly. But because they're, <laughs> right, right? Like, there is, there is, there is, <laughs> to protect and to, to love something means that you now have to call for justice. Right. God loves our world so much 
that he can't just allow us to just ruin it. Right. Or it's, else he wouldn't love the world, right? He, he, it, you don't love your wife if you just let her get harmed. Right. If you're just cool with her getting hurt. Like, you don't love her, right? Like, that's not... So then let's take that, um, mm -hmm. let's take that example and let's bring it into the biblical story. Sure. Old Testament, throughout the story of the people of Israel, God often called them to attack other nations mm -hmm. and be his extension of his justice um, to literally go into their cities, mm -hmm. destroy them, mm -hmm. destroy their animals, destroy every last one. Mm -hmm. And that was God being just. And we think that as 21st century Westerners, we're like, how in the world is that just? Yeah. But let's think about this. A lot of those cultures lived lived in very unjust ways. They practiced child sacrifices. Mm. Um, their their systems and their structures and the way they worshipped other neglected, gods. murdered the poor. Um, right. The, the way in which yeah. So a lot of injustice is happening in those societies. So what is God saying? I love humanity so much that I'm not going to let these behaviors persist. Right. And there's there's moments too where where you God says like I've given them a chance right. to repent. Right. But they haven't. Right. And so I have to deal with evil. Right. Sodom and Gomorrah, a right. famous example of divine justice. Right. These are cities that refuse to repent, right. refuse to submit to God. Mm -hmm. And God's saying, they're so corrupt and so evil. Mm -hmm. They do so much harm to my good world that they have to answer for it. Right. And so I'm going to destroy these cities. Right. Mm -hmm. Because the inhabitants have refused. They're harming my good world because I love my good world. Yeah. Because I love humanity, I have to deal with this evil. Yeah. And Even the flood. Right, the flood is an example of that. Of humanity is ruining the world with Babylon and with... Rampant injustice and yeah. murder and yeah. just people subverting themselves over others. Yeah. and The whole project, I've just got to scrap it now. But I'm going to save this group. Because so, I'm loving and I'm faithful. Right, because he is loving and because he is faithful. Um, what is interesting is that um, I do believe that we become very uncomfortable with this, especially if we hear a lot about grace. Um, I right. think we think that these two things are at odds. But what's interesting is my grace, and uh, the grace that I receive, and the love that I receive from God is predicated on this justice. Right. Me, because I mean, even... Because even you're being saved from something. Exactly, right. Like, I'm being saved from something. God is so good that he is now changing and fixing right. all of that injustice. But the way that he needs to do this is by dealing with the issue. Right. right. Like, Yeah, I think, so, I think especially, again, modern 21st century American Christianity, and maybe even, even other parts of the world, too, because I know we have some international listeners, and you could always hit us up on Instagram or, or tell us and share your thoughts. But I think we preach part of the salvation message. Right. So we, like, we preach like a half-truth a lot of the time. So we'll right. talk a lot about the grace of God, the love of God, the mercy of God. Right. But God is only gracious, loving, and merciful because he is rescuing you from you? the punishment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of sin and death, like he—he's rescuing you from something. And I think 
we would become more comfortable with the idea of divine justice if we recaptured the idea that God's grace is only made possible because he has to be just. Well, I think his his grace is only possible, well, because he has to be just, because he's saving us from his own wrath, right? Sure. Right, he poured out his wrath on sure. Jesus. Um, and, but what that looks like is the very reason that Christ was there is because of sin. So they 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 crucify a completely innocent person. Why? Because we are sinful. Right, because we are the ones. Right. We're, that's the kind of world that we live in, where we right. murder people who are innocent. Right. right. Who don't deserve anything, right? Now, there isn't one who is as perfect as Jesus, but the, I think the point still stands. Um, right. God's justice was simply a turning on. Right. Of our own evil and our own corruption. The justice he would ourselves. have poured out on on us, exactly. he poured out on Jesus. Right. Now, Even, well, yeah. so really quick, we see the example of uh, of Israel, right? When when God pours out his justice on Israel, what does that look like? It looks like the kingdom of Babylon. Yeah. Right? So he takes another corrupt system and he's just turning it onto another corrupt system. And that's yeah. what God's wrath and God's justice can look like. The culmination of bad choices flipped on the one who does the bad choices. Right. And I think I think also I think we have to start recognizing that part of God's justice is honoring our dignity right. as autonomous right, as people. human beings, as humans with with wills and right. um, that if we choose to live a certain way and we and we don't choose to to repent or or ask for forgiveness or or turn to God and enter right relationship with God, God's going to honor the dignity of our choice. I think that's what ultimately we have to start seeing hell and divine justice as God being just, honoring the dignity of human choice. Yeah. We we've if you don't accept Jesus and you're saying, "Hey, I, I don't want this free gift of salvation. I want to live how I want to live. Okay. I want to define good and evil for myself." God is going to say, "Okay." Yeah. He can't change, forcibly change you. Right. And so I think part of understanding hell and divine justice is that God is handing humanity over or those who refuse to re-enter right relationship with him through Jesus. He's handing them over to the dignity of their choice and saying, okay, this is the world you want. Hmm. Here you go. And now it becomes less about this evil, vengeful God sending people to hell and actually saying God's actually being just and he's honoring our choices. You want to live separated from me? Okay. This is what the world looks like separated from Yeah. Right. Which... I think is rightfully scary. Right. I like I, I, I that's another thing I want to address like we should not only be happy even as believers. Yeah. Right? Like it is terrifying. Well, yeah. Well, it's terrifying for multiple reasons. It's terrifying because I think and again, this is where it hits close to home and it makes us uncomfortable. We know we have loved ones mm-hmm. and people we care about who don't know Jesus. And so for us to know that their ultimate end would be eternal separation from God, living in the hell they created for themselves for eternity, that's, that hurts. It's, it's scary. I, I I literally just talked to my father-in-law who's a pastor 
and he he was doing a funeral the other day, mm. and the funeral for, was for someone who didn't know Jesus, uh. and that becomes so hard because all the hope you get to share when someone's a Christian, right. you don't share, right. and really, really, it, it, it's sombering because you know this person, at least as far as our knowledge died, passed away without professing Jesus as Lord and now the Bible outlines their eternity and that's humbling. It's sad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're a Christian it should motivate you even more to sharing the gospel with yeah. people. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, we, we can't get around the fact, but it's at the same time, while it is humbling and sad and maybe a little bit scary, or sure. it's also not God's fault. No. No. It's not. I mean, it's, it's God being loving. Ironically. He, he loves us so much, he makes us answer for what we do. So with that, um, let's go basically through, now that we're on this end of the cross... Right. Okay, yep. Um, what does divine justice, heaven and hell, right? What does that whole thing look like? Okay, so on the other side of the cross, mm. after the cross, humanity is provided with this choice. Mm. Um, through Jesus to be reconciled with God mm. and to be transformed and to experience literally heaven on earth. Yeah. Um, w- the church, um, the people of God, are we are the kingdom of heaven, pockets of the kingdom of heaven. Mm. Um and because of the power of the Holy Spirit, and because of our, because of Jesus, we get to live, um, heaven, heavenly, yeah. um, in a sense of our attitudes are different, our, our thought lives, thought lives are different, how we respond to things are different, how we deal with situations and circumstances, difficult situations and circumstances is yeah. different because of the promise of yeah. Jesus and resurrection and His presence. With us in those circumstances. We were talking about yesterday. In yeah. Fact, how it's almost like a superpower that God gives us. Right? Yeah. Like, like living in heaven. Like there is no outside circumstance or scenario that can change who I am. How I should operate in the world. Uh, the beauty and the love that we get to experience on a day-to-day basis. Doesn't yeah. change based on our scenario. Unlike the rest of the world. Like it's right. incredible. And I think it's even this beautiful picture of what actually following Jesus looks like. Is mm-hmm. that think especially in western american christianity um we think that following jesus my situation is going to change and my life is going to be good and so we think about like experiencing heaven on earth we think financial blessing and we think Mm -hmm. we think that we have no problems no issues right yeah yeah. and i think what the bible's really saying is like no despite maybe your financial instability and maybe you're maybe you live in another part of the world you're a persecuted christian right like that may not change right but I'm with you. But I'm with you. And you get to experience something incredible in the midst. On this daily. Right. That heaven becomes a present reality for you. The, the, what is heaven? The presence of God. Right. What, is, what, what did it mean when in the garden when, when, when heaven and earth separated? It's, we are losing our access to God's presence. What is saying yes to Jesus to? It reunites us with right. the presence of God. So the peace, the joy, the faithfulness, kindness, goodness, love, all, all that, that stuff we have access to yeah. because we are living in God's presence. Right. We are living in heaven um, on earth. And then, then ultimately that culminates in our eternity resurrected with God, yeah. um, ruling and working and, and living out 
eternity with Jesus. And yeah. It's awesome. Um, I think so then, then the other choice is what if I reject the gospel message and I don't receive it, I don't accept it? Well, God's going to honor that choice. I think on, the, on, on you have decided for whatever reason, yeah. um, maybe you just don't believe in God. Maybe you believe, but you're like, I have an uncle. I love him. But he know like he he believes in God. He yeah. believes in Jesus. But he just no, nah, I'm, I'm good. Like yeah. I don't want to follow God. I think his way of life is dumb. Yeah. And I think what he considers good and evil is is dumb and I want to enjoy my life. Um Biggie said it um <laughs> when he we he had a line I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember the exact bar, but when he says um about going to hell anyway, like yeah. there's this line he has. Oh man, I'm gonna look it up. But there's this idea that, like, hmm, that God will honor that choice. That if if you like your definition of good and evil, cool, then you will have to, you will deal with the ramifications of that choice. Right. Not just presently on Earth, but mm-hmm. ultimately culminates in your eternity as well. Right. Um. So I just I just think as as we're you know. Closing out the closing out this episode. I think we have what a couple minutes left. Yeah, um, we, I mean it's, we we have like maybe ten minutes left. Oh, well, yeah, it's only twenty five minutes so far. Oh, great. Yeah, we're good. Well, in that case, um, one of the the things that we need to Biggie. Yeah. Um, when I die, f it, I want to go go to hell. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> so yeah, so like, yeah. like, what is God gonna do with that choice? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You like your definition of good and evil. Yeah. You don't like mine's, even yeah. though I'm God, I'm creator, and so my way is the way. The way. But okay. You live life how you want to live it. Mm-hmm. Deal with the ramifications of that. Right. And ultimately it's gonna culminate in your eternity as well. Right. What you do here has a has ramifications in eternity. Right. And the way that God describes hell in the Bible. I think is a picture of, of what he means. So there are two things. One is, I think is we we do have to touch this this point, and we did it a little bit. Um, Go for it. The ramification of sin, right, right, and wrong and error. That like it's not just a boo boo or a mistake. Yeah, it's like a, but, it's a gaping wound. Yeah. In the fabric of humanity. Right. Of human and reality. Yeah. Right? Like our our. Let's think that sin is so deadly right. that it's literally infected the world we right. live in. Right. So, like, if if I commit a so sin our, against our you, our actions right have infected the planet we inhabit. Right. Every time I lie right, yeah. to Ryan, um, not only am I harming myself uh, in that I'm losing credibility and dignity, right. not only am I harming you in that I'm treating you as though. You can't handle truth or as though you don't deserve to have a real picture of what reality looks yeah. like. I'm also harming our relationship and the world right. by creating this whole scenario. Right. And I think we take it a step further when we get to when humanity defines good and evil for ourselves. Right. We be we institutions like slavery rise right. up. Exactly. Like um, that's the big version. The destruction of we were supposed to be stewards of God's good world, yeah. and we abuse and take resources from God's good world, right. and it affects people's livelihoods. Yeah. I mean, look at the Flint water crisis. Right. Like, 
that's a result of human evil human and evil and sin. Yeah, like so that so that's what we're talking about. Um, that needs to be answered for. So since that's the case, right? Yeah. That's what the world looks like when we define good and evil for ourselves. That's yeah. what the world looks like when. Like if you turn on the news, this is what. The news is evidence, no matter how much technological ad- advancements we've made, no matter how far yeah. we've come as a species, yeah. like, the the messed up, our messed up world is the reality that we, that we continue to define good and evil for ourselves, and people suffer because of it, and we suffer because of right. it. So then the eternal end to that is to live in that perpetually. So that's why the Bible describes hell as a fiery place, or as a place of suffering, the gnashing of teeth, yeah, torture, all of these images are what happens So, so I'm, yeah. I'm, before we keep going there, yeah. for the person who who may have this image that that's a literal picture of hell, what does the Bible actually have to say? I mean... You, you could take it that way. You could. I, I don't think it's wrong. Yeah, I, I just don't think that it's completely being faithful to the way in which the Bible speaks. Uh, and the reason is that hell is described as fiery, as you know, the lake of fire and dark, and, uh, dark, right? But then there are also uh, descriptors of the Bible is really cold. Uh, hell is really cold. Yeah. Um, so how that would work physically, I think, is weird. And I, I just think it's missing. You're missing the point. If yeah, I think if we're trying to, yeah, trying to define yeah. literally like the makeup of hell. Yeah. Um, I think what it's biblical imagery is being used to yeah. describe chaos. Right. Chaos. And destruction. The feeling of burning, uh, of of pain. The, again, the gnashing of teeth. The the person who sits in hell is like, oh, I should have chosen this. Like it's it's trying to give us this image to say that's a bad state of living and it's it's actually it's it's a picture of our world yeah where there is destruction and chaos mm-hmm. and hurt and so what what divine justice ultimately is is god handing humanity over of those, those who those yeah. who don't follow jesus who don't accept the free gift of salvation of, of going a different direction like yeah through yeah. jesus right what god is saying is is honoring the dignity Right. Of the choice right. and saying, then this will be your eternity. Whatever that looks like, literally, right. I think that's not for us to unpack. Mm-hmm. I think that in and of itself is a scary. Right. Now, that shouldn't make you uncomfortable. Again, I think... Well, because again, that is, while it's the pain and it's horrible, divine justice is also, for a believer, our joy. Yeah. Paul consistently references the day as a beautiful, amazing occasion. Right. Cause I, so again, I think especially if you read a book like Revelation, right, which is written to a persecuted church right. um, and persecuted Christians who are suffering under oppression and evil and right. being murdered and kidnapped from their homes mm-hmm. and to, to hear... That ultimately the society that is oppressing you and killing you off and yeah. that ultimately that they will have to answer for you. This is amazing. Right. It's a good thing. Because what the hope is, number one, that I'll be rescued and redeemed. Right. And death isn't the end for me. Right. But ultimately this oppression and evil I've had to undergo will answer. Right. They're not getting away scot-free. Right. 
And I think when we when we we don't live as a persecuted church minority in America. Mm-hmm. However, I think for those who are minorities or people of color, you might understand this a little bit better. Absolutely. This reality that also you want to see evil and oppression answered for. Right. And so this is why it was less of a scary picture to the people who read the book of Revelations and, right. First, before mm. before we got it and created Left Behind movies and all that, <laughs> um, we this was like, oh my gosh, God's gonna vindicate us. Yeah, like He's gonna save us. Right. Like even like when you when you think about the Book of Daniel and when he has this dream of of there's all these beasts and animals mm. and there, there's this there's this beast with all these horns yeah. and the horn is somehow grows a mouth and it's proclaiming <laughs> these these. Is proclaiming this this rebellion against God, and then yeah. then all of a sudden, the Son of Man comes, and he, he's subjected to the to the carnage and the wrath of the beast, but then ultimately is vindicated, yeah. and those beasts are defeated. Yeah. Like that's that's hope that one day this corrupt society, Babylon, who's oppressing the people of Israel, will have to answer, mm-hmm. and all evil will have to answer. Right. And f- for a believer. It's also this weird joyous occasion where well, it's great because we're vindicated. Where, yeah, well, like I mean, you think about think about like your daily life. Like everyone who's ever committed harm against you, your family, we will have to answer for that. Right. Right. Like there's some sort of justice. It's not mine. Right. Justice is the Lord's. Right. Um, but like, yeah, we're gonna have to answer, which is an interesting point as well. Oh, I wish we could talk about it a bit more, um, but you know, obviously, time um, believers will also answer for what we've done. Yeah. Like well, we have we have a few minutes go. So I mean the Bible talks about how all of us uh, I believe it's well there's one revelation I believe also Paul references it also uh, will be will sit before the heavenly throne room uh, and we will have to answer for the good and the evil uh, that we have committed as believers. Yeah. Which is, oh my gosh, <laughs> that is both terrifying and also, again, my, my final hope. Yeah. Right? Because all of us are going to answer. Um, but like, oh man. So the things that we do as believers matter. I think that's a common misconception that yeah. like, because I'm a believer, I can sin and it's all good. Like, no, no. I'm trying to find the passage in Revelation. Yeah. Um... um but it's it's just this interesting this interesting thing because because again i th- i think that the misconception is because of what christ has done we now don't have to answer for anything yeah. i think that the difference is that the final verdict yeah. will be while wow, you've done x y and z because you are covered you've allowed you've accepted the free gift that i've given you yeah you are now deemed righteous and your your righteousness is completely accredited to your account um, via what Christ has done, right? So Christ pays you. Yeah, back. right. So First Corinthians, this is where Paul mentions it to the church in Corinth. Mm-hmm. For we, First Corinthians five ten, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, Ooh. so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Now, what that actually means, mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. But again, it, it just goes back to God. God is just and. What God is also being just is that remember, for Christians we have to understand that we are 
we experience God's grace because Jesus experienced God's justice. Right. Wow. And so, we, while our eternity is to spend it with Jesus and to new heaven, new earth, um, we get to experience that because God's wrath was poured out on Jesus. Yeah. And so I think that even shapes your Christianity a little bit. Yeah. Because you didn't earn your way to heaven. You're not good. No. You don't bring anything good to the table. You're not better than anyone else. You know. Right. Yeah. So like, if someone's not a Christian, you, you don't have any sort of moral superiority over them. Because you're here by sheer grace. Because the pun- you've just accepted the gift that and Jesus accepted your punishment. Right. So like, I think that also, I think when we talk about heaven and hell, like Christians kind of get on their high horse a little bit. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, this world is going to hell. Like, you know. Yeah, like, right, yeah. Like, it's like, well, you were going there too. Right. Until you had this amazing encounter with Jesus. Right. And you realized you could never be good on your own. Like, right. so, so like, the that should humble came. you. And I mean, and I think the Bible is very clear that God saved us. Right. We didn't save ourselves. No, he chose us. Like, he is the mm. primary cause here. So, yeah. If any of us feel superior at all, that... yeah, I think I think the idea of God's divine justice should humble the Christian, uh-huh. and for the non-Christian, it sh- it should it should bring it should cause you to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, is me. your definition of good and evil really worth it, right. or is it really good? Right. Um, it's like it, and reflect. Yeah. And if you decide that you like your definition of good and evil, okay. Um, I disagree with you. I disagree right, with you, and we but, can see how it works out for you. Right? Yeah, and I I, I honor your choice. Um, but at the same time, God will also honor your choice, right. and there is an eternity. Right. Um, I think that's the one thing the Bible is clear on that our actions here yeah. will reflect in our eternal yeah. destination, and we'll continue to ask you uh, how you're doing with that. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think the goal of the Christian is not to say, "Oh, you're going to hell." No. Nope. Um, but it's to show them heaven. But the, yeah, to demonstrate heaven on earth, yeah. so that they would say, "Man, I, my I, I kind of don't like my definition of right. life. I, I kind of like this one where you have all this peace and joy and love and hope, and then you realize that does God actually die for you and pay the penalty? Like that's yeah, our job. God is in love with you. Yeah. God is madly in love with you. Yeah. It's why he has to be just. Right. Because yeah. he's madly in love with you. Right. He yeah. wouldn't be a good, just, good, good father. Right. Man. This is intense. My goodness. This is hard conversation. Yeah, we could do this for another four hours, but then none of you would listen to it. So we're going to continue this episode next week with a Q&R question and response episode. Or didn't we say we're going to continue the series? Yeah, I think we're going to continue the series. Well, so what's what's our next topic going to be? The next, so we spoke today more about, um, and last time, uh, about what happens after. Um, next episode, we're really going to focus on the present reality of heaven, heaven and, and hell. hell. Okay, cool. So, newsflash. Um, <laughs> we're going to make this a four-part series rather than a three-part series. Right. Episode four, so our next episode, we're going to talk about just the reality of heaven and hell in our present lives. Why, why the Bible talks about that being a present reality. And how we should look at that and experience that in our daily lives. And then we're also going to talk about um, 
our Q&R episode. Yeah. Next, the, so our fourth episode will be our normal question and response episode. We'll get on Instagram Live and just take your questions, your responses, and man, it's gonna be good. I'm excited. It is. So what's great is that you don't have to wait till we do the Instagram Live to yeah, you can DM questions. us. Yeah. Um, follow or, us on the know-it-alls or DM us our personal accounts if you know us and we'll be happy to answer them. Absolutely. Awesome. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. The know-it-alls are a community for the curious that we want you to be involved in. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the know-it-alls. Again, that's TH3 know-it-alls where you can learn about the topics that we're covering and how you can join in on the conversation. We also want you to become a part of the know-it-alls by supporting us on Patreon. And that's patreon.com backslash the know-it-alls. We're looking forward to continuing our conversation. Stay curious.